like someone's messing with M&M's. I was, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was messing with M&M's. Enrique poured out some M&M's, so I think now we're good. Mm-hmm. And you know it's weird? They have M&M's have such a distinct sound. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was like, how'd you know? How'd you know it was M&M's? That, that's yeah, just like, what... Make sure you got all the M&M's you want for the whole, yeah. like, hour. We're good. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Um, can you bring some M&M's home? Yeah, yeah. I would love like a handful of M and M's, no more, no less. There's um, probably they're, only a handful. They're peanut M and M's. Just beware, because he keeps. Oh, no, 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 I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. That's what I'm saying. He keeps telling people, "Do you want some M and M's?" And not saying they're peanut M and M's. I'm like, you got to warn people. You should know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't nobody eat peanut M and M's. Yeah, I'll do peanut butter M and M's. All right, we'll we'll have we'll talk about M and M's another time. This is yeah, candy episode. Yeah. All right. When Willy Wonka three comes out, um, what? It's not a Willy Wonka two. Two, whatever. It, I think they're remaking it though. They're, they're doing a Willy Wonka origin story. Right. Okay. Who asked for that? Literally zero people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Roland Dahl fans. <laughs> I don't know who Willy Wonka is. Uh, he's the wait. You don't know who Willy Wonka? No. We'll do, we'll, I, I didn't know he was like a murderer or something. That's all I know. <laughs> I mean, he he, yeah. he he enslaved the whole race, yeah, and like, yeah, and everyone's yeah, just fine with it. And then they all appear when the children die. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> songs when the children die. Yeah, well, you would too if you were like held captive. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to feel alive again? Am I right? Yeah. I like to think better of myself than that. <laughs> Let's let's get this started. I guess we're we'll go right in um, with introductions. Everybody, introduce yourselves. We are um, what what we what you saw what we saw last night, and and we're merging together this episode with um, through Nick and Thin. So this is gonna be very confusing. Two titans of the <laughs> Philadelphia region podcast. But here's, here's the thing, though. We now have five, so we cannot tie in opinions anymore. It just can't happen. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to come up with like some hot takes, and we'll mm-hmm. have a tiebreaker. I love it. Wait, we, so, so we, need, we need some context. What? <laughs> what? What are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> All right, we're we're we we're just gonna talk to you guys about Nicolas Cage, and because we yeah. just saw Renfield, and I know you guys saw Renfield, so we'll talk about Renfield. Um, we wanted to get your. Since like now you're out of, I mean you're you're technically free from Nick's like cold grasp, because um, <laughs> you're not recording a podcast dedicated to him. You could trash talk him all you want. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like we, we, we have a, a number of Nick Cage related questions and what you would do if you were his manager. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sounds great. Can't wait. Yeah. So yeah, feel feel free um, to introduce yourselves. Sure. Um, yeah, so thanks, Pat. Like like I said, uh, or like you said, we are through Nick and Thin, a Nicolas Cage podcast. Nick is spelled N-I-C if you want to look us up on uh, Apple or Spotify. Yeah, so basically we started a podcast a few years ago pre-COVID, believe it or not. Hannah and I, uh, I'm Steve. I'm Hannah. 
I realized I gave the name of the podcast before my own name, and that's how much I love podcasting. <laughs> but so Hannah and I, a few years ago, wanted to come up with some you know crazy podcast idea, and the one that we came up with was, what if we watched every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order? So we did that, and it kind of got us through COVID in a weird way, which we can talk about later if you want. But we did 105 episodes as of this week, where we watched Renfield, um, so we watched all of his movies for better or worse, uh, a lot of worse <laughs> and better. Yeah, it's been a journey. So like I said, check us out and, and uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thanks for taking the time to join us. We're, we're getting right in into this. Why Nicolas Cage? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I guess I could start again, but... Uh, you know, we, we were looking for that, you know, great podcast idea. And we had a few ideas here and there. And, and it was actually July 4th. What would that what year? 2019. Yeah, right? 2019. We were living in our apartment in Center City, Philadelphia, uh, watching National Treasure. And Hannah said, like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to watch every single one of his movies. And I pulled up his IMDb and just started rattling off these really obscure movies like The Boy in Blue, Season of the Witch, um, jujitsu, uh, mom and dad, which actually ended up being a really fun movie. But, and I was just like, have you heard of this? And Hannah goes, nope. And I'm like, well, that's a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and so, uh, we just kind of went down the list and we're like, well, we kind of have to do this now. So, um, he's kind of a divisive figure, but you either love him or hate him. So we, we wanted it's, to see what all the fuss was about. It's certainly been a journey. I feel like our opinion on him has changed. So if we did this podcast a few years ago, like, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what questions you're going to ask us, but I have a feeling that our answers would have been different. That's good. I think that, that that's like a good reflection of both growth for you and him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've grown with Nicolas Cage, but, you know, we started watching his movies three years ago four years ago oh, wait, no that's not that's not true we've started watching i mean we've been watching his movies our whole lives oh yeah I, <laughs> yeah i forgot <laughs> the raising arizona playlist was played for me in the womb um <laughs> but yeah i don't know yeah we've grown with him maybe in a way he's uh, we in in our podcast we talk about some of the ages of of nick cage the the cages if you will and He's been through some dark cages and some, I don't know, like renaissance periods. Oh, yeah. Um, we have he's the- having a bit of a renaissance right now. <laughs> I was going to say, where do you think he is right now? What kind of cage is he now? Because uh, the last couple of years he came out with um, like Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, yeah. um, Pig, yeah. Renfield in, actually in theaters. I feel like we went through a long period of time with him out not being in theaters and now like we got like, I saw Pig and I thought he was great in that. And he was so where did he in that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like imperialism. You know, he's, <laughs> he's taking over. The imperialist yeah. cage. The, the, the cage of imperialism. <laughs> yeah, we definitely started out in the stone cage. Stone cages. Because he was always stoned as uh, as a young actor. <laughs> We've been through some like industrial periods of his career. That's true. Where he just like was working to the bone for no money. <laughs> <laughs> As we mentioned, the dark ages, those were a rough period in, in his in, in Nicolas Cage's repertoire. And in our lives as well, of course. Yeah. 
I, who do you think it was worse on, you or him? I mean, him being broke <laughs> and you guys having to watch his movies. Yeah, Nick, Nick broke and, and you know, a normal person broke are, are two different things. So I think we need to set, yeah. the, you know, set the record. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure he was never, like, really broke. No. He, he had real estate that he could have sold. He is a Coppola as well. So he's never going to be, like, living on the streets, you know, unless it's for method acting purposes. What do you guys think he would be without Francis Ford Coppola? Like the name. Do you think he would still be an actor or well known or Oh man, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. I, my original thought was just like, you know, would he be an old-timey town drunk? Uh, I don't I don't know. So one of his early one of his early jobs was the Cotton Club, right? One and, of his and, early movies, yes. Yeah, and didn't didn't Coppola direct that one? Oh, um, so there was uh, Rumblefish was a Rumblefish. was an early Coppola movie. So you know he he obviously got to where he is. He says he changed his name to avoid nepotism, but he got to where he is because of nepotism. His first couple of movies, he was billed as Nicholas Coppola, um, and then there were there was another movie or two in there that was directed by his uncle Francis Ford Coppola. So, um, but what would he be doing if not acting? What do you think? Well. In a recent interview that we read of his, he said that his three dream roles are Dracula, a fisherman, and a newspaper reporter. So I would have to guess it would be one of the latter two. I see fisherman in in in, in him more than I see reporting. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I can't see him being. I can't see him writing. No. <laughs> yeah, sticking to deadlines and like editing. <laughs> do Do you guys think like? What what is the future hold for Nick? I I think um, he's going to act until the day he dies. I think I I think you know he he had his issues for for financial reasons where he had to just do like literally over a hundred movies. Um, but I think he's going to just keep going at the pace that he's going, and he'll he might even get to one hundred fifty two hundred movies by the end of his lifetime. Do you think he's going to, I mean, I'll pose this to, to everybody. Like, do you think that he's going to have a bit of like a Brendan Fraser type of comeuppance? Mm. I don't, I don't think so. Cause he kind of, so Brendan Fraser disappeared, but he never really disappeared. You know, he's always, he was always there. He just wasn't there. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like Nicholas Cage kept making movies. They just weren't, but I think that, he will. I think he's he's getting better roles than he was not too long ago, and he should feel good about that. I don't know. So I, yeah. I have a quick question. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean I have a quick oh, question. You mentioned Nick Cage is probably going to do movies until the day he dies. I Over and under a hundred and twenty-five years. Phil, um, <laughs> oh wait, years? Twenty-five, years twenty-five years. From now? Yeah. For years of his life. Well, well, in a in a way, he lives on in all of our hearts forever, right? Um, yeah. But I don't think he's making it to one twenty five. I, I think he'll croak in his late eighties or something. I don't what? know. <laughs> whatever, whatever the uh, whatever the standard age is, but he'll probably crank out another hundred movies between now and then. Does he have any unhealthy tendencies currently? Uh, yes. <laughs> his acting choices might be one, <laughs> um, although not not lately. But but yeah, I mean, he's he's known for his. 
I, I don't know, his lavish lifestyle, so to speak. I don't think he drinks anymore or does drugs. Like, I believe that he recognizes that he has one of those more addictive personalities and he mm. could get in trouble. So I, I believe I remember reading at some point that he stopped drinking and, and partying, I guess. But I, I also, he, the man is, he like, he feels like a hypocrite. Like, <laughs> you'll read an article, you know, one day and then read something that completely contradicts completely it. contrary to what he just said. Do you guys find yourselves rooting for him? Like, as a person, like, for him to be, have, like, happiness or, like, him as the, the, the person... Or do you have, like, this, like, weird, like, Stockholm Syndrome? Or <laughs> do you, like, hate him? Or, like... You know, I, I think, like we mentioned before, we've, we've really gone through waves in our in our watching of every single one of his movies. I think at the first time we were like, oh, this is a... At first it was like, oh, this is a fun joke. And then we started hating him for all of the bad movies we had to watch. But then over time, and we learned a little bit more about his life, we, we do root for him now. At least I do. Uh, I absolutely do, and it's it's mostly because of I, I mean, like he's just one of those actors that other actors love working with. Yeah, and actors that like I respect have said, you know, Nick Cage is everything that you would hope that he is, and he's everything that you would want like a major like Hollywood icon to be. So that that just feels very wholesome to me. Yeah, I'm like Pedro. He got like Pedro Pascal loved working with him. Yeah, so did Nicholas Holt, um, and yeah. so did you know uh, even John Travolta going all the way back to uh, Face Off. He, yeah. he said Nick Cage was an absolute professional, even though he was the zaniest character who ever was created in that movie. Well, yeah, also Face Off, probably one of my, my favorite movies from. <laughs> what was the last time you've seen it? Do you think? Did do you feel? Uh, like- it's been in uh, within the last four years. Okay, all okay. right, that's okay. Cool. like two months ago. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, definitely worth it. So I've probably only seen like uh, probably more than this, but if I had to estimate, I could probably name, well, I can name more, but I've probably seen, seen like five Nick Cage movies. I do have a theory though. And you guys can give me your take on this theory. Yeah. I think that, I think every Nick Cage movie exists in the same universe. Now that's just based off like the handful I've seen. <laughs> um, it, it's tough with the sheer number of movies that we've seen. So is he the same person in every Nick Cage movie in this theory? Yeah, according to my theory, it's all the same guy. <laughs> I think what would help us is if you listed those five movies. Oh, yeah. Okay, so like Wicker Man... I've seen him pay the girl. dies at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah but like, that's, that's the last one. Okay, that's yeah, the last one. That's the last one. one. I, um, I know he's Ghost Rider. They're oh. basically all the same guy. Like, am I wrong? He was Dracula. He was Dracula, Dracula, same guy. Like, Yeah, a lot of people known for their sort of death and reincarnation and spiritual powers. So, all right, I'll, I'll give it to you in, in those movies. But I think if you look at... 105, it's hard to sort of piece them together. I, but I do feel like there are some... Well, there's actually two movies. I'm blanking on the name of the second movie. Okay, I think I know it. So the first movie is Deadfall. It's one of his earliest movies. It's a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's horrendous. But worth a watch. Worth a watch because it's wacky. But then 20, 30 years later, and I'm pretty sure his character died at the end of that, 
they created this random movie that Nick Cage clearly did for a paycheck called Arsenal, I think it was called. And he reprised his character just 20 or 30 years later. In this movie that no one saw. So, you know, maybe you're onto something is what I'm trying to say. I I was a little negative at first, but I think you might be onto something. No, I can see this. So, like, we're talking National Treasure. What's that character's name? Benjamin Gates. Benjamin Gates. (laughs) Benjamin Franklin Gates. Um, goes on his journey, makes, makes his, you know, makes his, his dime. And then he discovers an Island where women are running everything (laughs) and the bees are there. And then he, you know, bursts into flame and the flames turn him into ghost rider. Ooh. And then he makes the devil, which turns him into Dracula. All right. I I would say... If not all, at least 30% of his movies take place in the same universe. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. There's one, I don't remember the name of it, but I'm pretty sure it's Nick Cage. There's a movie where he wakes up and he has like a wife and children that he doesn't remember. Family Man. Yeah, Family Man. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's really really cute. Yeah. I feel like whenever I bring that movie up to people, they never know what I'm talking about. Like, no one's ever heard of it. But I'm like, yeah, Nick Cage is in it. He wakes up and he's got these kids and he works at like a, he's like a mechanic, but he used to be like a lawyer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, See, the really cool thing about talking to us is that if you name any Nick Cage movie, we have seen it. (laughs) So we will validate your feelings. I love that. (laughs) Man. What are your, your favorite and least favorite movies? So you're gonna have to, Yeah, you're gonna have to define favorites. So we have like so, genuine favorites and like we have favorites for their watchability because of how crazy Nick Cage is in them. But I want but I want like the ones that are like, wow, this is cinematic gold and and ones are like I could watch this because this is just a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, well I'll give you the, the cinematic gold ones and then I'll let Hannah give you the fun ones. But so the cinematic gold ones I really love Adaptation. Um, He was nominated for an Academy Award. I don't think anybody will say anything negative about that movie. It's just a really, like, solid movie all around. And Meryl Streep's in it, so... Meryl Streep, a few others who just turn in amazing performances. Gary Cooper at... uh, Gary Cooper? Chris Cooper. Then uh, Leaving Las Vegas, of course, is another great movie where he won the Academy Award. I think that the movie as a whole isn't as good as Adaptation, but the performances are better. And then there's a few movies. We mentioned The Family Man. I genuinely love that movie. Um, If it's on or on Christmas time, I'll put it on, even though like nobody's ever heard of it. And uh, there's another movie called The Weatherman. Which yes, yeah, like I really like that movie. Nicholas Holt plays his son, so that's the second movie that he's been in with Nicholas Holt from Renfield. Yeah, nice. Oh, that is that is that's beautiful. Yeah, I own I own it on I own it on um DVD. Oh, nice. Oh, really nice. Yeah, yes. It's a, a funny little thing about that is I, I heard on a different podcast once I heard somebody say that you can tell how good a Nicolas Cage performance is by the quality of his wig. <laughs> and he's got a great wig in The Weatherman. It looks like his natural hair. Um, and so it's just a great movie. And then, if, of course, you're top around cinematic top off the uh, top five cinematic gold type movies. You have to include uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. He was just in a small part of it. It's not a Nick Cage movie. But that movie's incredible. I would argue Unbearable Weight belongs in 
that ranking? I don't know that I would call it cinematic gold. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but Pig. Pig. I don't know. Pig is good. Pig is, Pig closer, is closer. To that, I think. Yeah, there's another movie called Joe where he was really good in that too. A really good performance. So that's the one. Um, it's in Austin, right? It might be. Joe is. He plays like a. He like uh, deforests, tr- like chops down trees and like replants trees. And um, he has to like take care of this kid, and then you know the kid is like, you know, um, under the care of like this drunk homeless man. So it, like Joe has to take care of him, or Nick Cage has to take care of him. And it's like I said, it's a really good performance. Came out in like 2015, 16, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the fun movies end. Oh man! Well, we mentioned Deadfall earlier. That has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> obviously, that's a it's a it's a good watch. Vampire's Kiss, the other movie that Nicolas Cage plays a vampire. If you've ever seen those like Nicolas Cage freaking out compilations on YouTube, the majority of the clips are from Vampire's Kiss. Face Off, I mean, is wacky and wild, as is The Wicker Man. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a lover of National Treasure. I think (laughs) I think it's a great movie. I think it has like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. So like <laughs> real critics disagree, but I don't know. They made a sequel and they made a TV series. So yeah, it, I, I don't know if he's in the, the TV series. He's sadly not in the TV series. We, we had a prediction. We watched like the first two episodes and then Googled whether or not he was in it. Cause we didn't really feel like watching it, but we had a prediction that the, a great deal of the series takes place in New Orleans I think it's New Orleans, maybe Las Vegas. It's it's a town where Nicolas Cage is known to live. He he like has houses in both Las Vegas and New Orleans. So our theory was that they decided to film there in the off chance that they can get a Nicolas Cage cameo for like one scene, but it didn't happen. Man, I I think. Do you think you think he'd be? It's not that he's like below a cameo on a Disney TV show, but he might be. I don't know. Like. I think he thinks he's below it, but I mean, but I, but I think you can look at like other people, like you know, Kevin Bacon did a whole like Marvel thing that was like you know, basically like a long cameo. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus is is in the Marvel stuff too, and like there's I don't know, there's all these like little things. Like it's a kids show, right? Like I, I think any big name actor would happily do a cameo, but I feel like Nick Cage. Maybe he thinks he's above it, but I'm not sure. I don't know him personally. Cool. So, what were the worst ones? <laughs> like, like what was like one that you like you after you saw it, you were just like were so angry. Oh yeah. Here, let's let's alternate. Hand, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You talk about the ones that you were passionate about, and I'll talk about the ones that was. All right, about. all right. So I pulled up the list. That's why we're we're talking about who should start here. So the first one that I was really passionate about, how much I hated, was that was a movie called USS Indianapolis: Men of Courage. And so history buffs will know that the USS Indianapolis was the name of the ship that delivered the atomic bombs that were then dropped on uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima in World War II. And on the way back, that ship um, got attacked and there were sailors lost at sea and some of them got eaten by sharks. And it's the I was going to say, that's the, that's the shark attack. Yeah, it's the shark they attack. This, yeah, they did a special on um, Shark Week a couple of years ago. on it. Right. So Nick Cage plays like the ship captain 
And the whole movie is like a vanity project for Nick Cage. He's like this tough ship captain guy. And, and like, it's just like so poorly directed and edited and written. And the dialogue is strained. And I'm like, this movie kind of sucks. And then at the very end, there's like 10 full minutes of them interviewing actual survivors of the, you know, shark attacks. And I'm like, why didn't they just make a freaking documentary? You're doing such a disservice to the brave, like, I think it was exclusively men back then, but the brave men and women of like the armed services and the, the brave men of like, of like that survived these attacks and delivered the atomic bomb. Like, why is this a Nick Cage movie? It shouldn't be a Nick Cage movie. So that's, that's our first one. The second one is called Time to Kill. It's an Italian movie, so it's Tiempo de Uccidieri something. (laughs) That movie basically is about Nick Cage who rapes a woman and murders her and then... And then goes like, it's okay, I loved her. Yeah. And like, we're supposed (laughs) to be on his side. And we're like, no. That's terrible. (laughs) So uh, if you're a David Lynch fan, the next movie is Industrial Symphony Number no. 1, Dream of the Brokenhearted. It is <laughs> like an attachment that was supposed to go to uh, go along with uh, the movie that, that David Lynch did with uh, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. Um, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Wild at Heart. And so Nick Cage is in the first scene where he just has a phone conversation with Laura Dern. And then the rest is like this avant-garde, weird... Like operatic opera yeah weird i don't like there's like a skin deer in it and ladies screaming it's there's a dwarf playing a saxophone at one point it's, a it's, lot it's, of stimuli. it's just a lot of stimuli oh my god david, david lynch you will do that to you yeah for sure i don't even i i don't think i can talk about the next one all right the next one is <laughs> is nick cage did an animate he voiced in an animated uh version of a christmas carol where he played, um, <laughs> he, he didn't play one of the ghosts. Who did he play? Marley. Marley. He played Marley. Like Scrooge's old business partner or something. And the whole movie, everyone's doing like an old timey Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. <laughs> Oi, it's a bloody holiday in London kind of accent. And then Nick Cage comes in like, there's going to be three Christmas ghosts. <laughs> and uh, it makes no sense. The animation's crazy. Why, why, who asked for this? Nobody is the answer. And then the last one, the, the final five the, of, the, of our least favorite movies is Vengeance, a love story. Um, Another one about rape. Yeah, it was bonkers. It was, it's crazy that Nick Cage has been in like two movies that like, it's just like, what? It's just rape. It's no big deal. Um, it's insane. Um, it's supposed, it's trying to be one of those like, I don't know, vengeance movies, like a take-in or something, but it just fails so utterly. And like, uh, it's just, it's just sends the worst messages that you can pick up. Well, when you're in like over a hundred movies, I feel like there's going to be a couple flops. Yeah. You might got to play a rapist once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's less than 2% of his movies. 2% of his roles are rapists. Yeah, less than 2%. Yeah, yeah. I that's, mean, that's actually pretty good numbers when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it so could be a lot higher. It could be. <laughs> like, um, is is there any role that he hasn't played? 
Uh, apparently a fisherman and a newspaper journalist. <laughs> That's what he really wants to play. So I've been, I've been interested, and I wanted to wait till the end, but hmm. I'm really impulsive, and I don't like waiting. <laughs> so I noticed you guys never mentioned Con Air for anything. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's it's in maybe our top ten or top fifteen for Nick Cage movies. It's just it doesn't crack that top five or bottom five, but it's a great movie. So I, I Connor was the first movie I saw, and I thought that was Nick Cage's real accent. Like I thought that was like Nick Cage just speaking. Put the boom. Also, also at that at that point in my life, I didn't really understand that like actors could do different voices. <laughs> so my question is. Which accent is the worst accent out of these two? Nick Cage and Con Air or Daniel Craig and Knives Out? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Well, Daniel Craig and Knives Out, we've gotten to see for two performances. So we've gotten more content out of it. So it's like, you know. Well, he didn't improve it, though, was the thing. No, no. True, true. Yeah, which one's worse? Oh man, you know to to Nicolas Cage's credit, he's been in a lot of movies where he attempts an accent and then halfway through the movie he just forgets that he did it in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. And but that's not the case in Con Air. He holds it up. I think it. You know, one of the things that stands out that I remember about Con Air is that there's no big Nick Cage scream in that movie. He plays a pretty reserved character throughout the whole thing. So I think if he did do a scream, he'd lose the accent. But yeah, I don't. Daniel Craig's accent is deplorable in Knives Out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that you compared the two. Yeah, all right, it's Daniel Craig. (laughs) You heard it here first or second. So Nick Cage, Nick Cage does a few groans in that accent, where you can tell he's using the accent to make do a groan. Mm, mm. So he even that's better than. That's better than whatever Daniel Craig is bringing to the table. It is Louisiana. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think what I was going to say is I never, I I just, I I never really, I don't have an answer to this because I think his accent is great in Con Air, but because it's so bad, (laughs) I think Daniel Craig's accent is so bad in Knives Out that it's actually, like, that makes the movie a lot funnier. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i agree he does like this weird isn't it like foghorn leghorn yeah yeah, like yeah. Literally, literally just like the night before watched like a couple hours of foghorn leghorn cartoons and then put up the next yeah. day yeah he talks like a chicken hawk for like um <laughs> like to to practice and like in the car on the way there yeah he just thought that's that's just how americans in the south do they they sound like Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. What's crazy about that is that like Daniel Craig, his whole character was that he was this detective from a faraway land. It, did it have to be like the Louisiana Bayou? I mean, yes. <laughs> England. <laughs> yeah. The thing is he could have well, just done, he could have done a different part of England that we don't hear often. That's true. If, if he was, he did a bad if he was English though, if he did England, though, I, I would start thinking like, or like even anywhere in Europe, I would think that it was like too much similar to uh, Perot from the the uh, 
Death on a Nile and um, the other uh, Christy Wolves. Right, because he's English, right? Is he? Yeah. So I feel like they probably told him, the director was like, can you please do an American accent? And he was like, all right, bet. And that's what he did. <laughs> well, like, they probably tested a New York accent and they're like, we can't do this. They were like, yeah. you got any more? And he's like, I got one more. They were like, nope, that's it. They were going to move on to their second choice. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. I have The thing is, this has to go through proper channels. Like, it's not like, you, you can't just do it, you know? There's, uh, I'm assuming there's a group of people that sit around and they say, okay, here's a list of accents we want you to practice. Here are some accent coaches. Here's some, voc- some vocal coaches. We want you to practice this. And then three months you know, of prep, he comes back. That's what he gives them. And they're like, oh, yep, good enough for us. Like that had to happen. Yeah. No, no. I think it's like, it's like Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean – they didn't tell him to play um, Jack Sparrow like that. He just showed up and like did that. And they were like, they tried to get him to stop. They were like, can you just play it straight? Can you just be normal? And he's like, nah, I, I want to play the character like this. I could have been that too. So. That's, a, you know, to bring it full circle, that is a very Nicolas Cage move to just show up <laughs> on set and be like, I'm going to do an accent that you're going to hate. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm looking it up right now, and there's there's some very interesting information about Daniel Craig's choice of using a Southern accent. Um, hold on, let me get this together. I'm really interested, so take your time. Yeah. <laughs> if you I'm, are I'm interested, really, U.S. I really accent. believe yeah. they Sorry. literally just told him, do American, and he was like, all right, I know how. <laughs> How's this? But check out, um, I think his name is Eric Singer on YouTube. He, like, breaks down. He's an, he's an accent coach, a dialect coach for actors. And he's really interesting. I feel like... I like watching, I like watching those videos. I get stuck in... I, I don't sleep, so I get stuck in these rabbit holes. And right. I like watching these videos where they have, like, an, a, a quote-unquote expert breaking down parts of films. And sometimes, oh, like... Oh, yeah. I love you know what I'm talking about? Like, they'll have, like... They had one where it's like he was the uh, Americans, the America's top sniper, and he's breaking down like sniper movies. Oh, yeah. or, oh that's cool. Um, so I've seen some where I thought they were going to break down. Like I've seen some about accents. Mm. They never touched Nick Cage. They never touched Daniel Craig. And these were new ones. Like these just came out, the accent ones. They came out mm. probably. Like, about- Nick Cage has got a lot of like. He's he in a lot of movies and a lot of accents. A lot of accents in his movies. Yeah, but that one is just well, they don't talk about any of those accents, like any accent ever. And I honestly don't know what Nick Cage really sounds like. I just I like I know I know I I never know what I don't know what Nick Cage's real voice is. I don't I I've never seen an interview with Nick Cage. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there is, but as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't have any interviews. He's never interviewed in his life. I don't. I don't know what his like natural at home voice is. He's just a figment of your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> he might be. He actually. He actually chooses a different one every single day. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. That right, talented. So, so the best that I could get from the internet is Daniel 
Daniel Craig was told by the director to do an accent and they decided on Southern. And I can't figure much out much else out about the original movie. But the interesting thing that I was reading is that when he went to film Glass Onion, he had forgotten how to do the accent that he chose in the first movie. <laughs> he worked for three months with a dialect coach to get it back. Oh. <laughs> and that, and it's funny. It's funny that that's the case because it did not improve. <laughs> I, I don't even think it got... I don't even think he got it to the level. Like, I think it was a little worse than Glass Onion. You can't recreate perfection. I mean, uh, that's true too. Mm. You can try for three months with a professional. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get back into to Nick. If you were, if you're, I want, I want to ask, like, because you, you know him better than anyone. Like, I mean, I think it's like he's he's been married a bunch, but they've never lasted long, and I can guarantee you they haven't seen all of his movies. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you, you realistically might know him better than anyone. So if you guys were like giving him life advice or being his agent and booking him, what roles would you like try to get him in? Or like if there was like like a movie like replace him, like a known actor, put him in it. Um, like what 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 would you guys be doing to his life to make it better? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, in terms of like his roles, one of the things that we, we've mentioned a few times in our podcast is that like, I, I would love to see Nick Cage be in like a big, you know, action superhero movie or something like that, or maybe even like a Fast and Furious type movie or something <laughs> along those lines. I'd love to see him, you know, get into some big franchise. But otherwise, honestly, when it comes to his roles, I would just I would just tell him to just keep doing whatever he's doing for no. for what he did for Renfield and Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and Pig. You know, those are three <laughs> three of his last five movies were pretty good. I, the other two were were largely forgettable, but um, you know, that that I don't know what else to say yeah. beyond that. I when I feel like the conversation of actors, particularly like white actors of his generation always revolves around like could they play bond oh i don't i i would tell nick to not play for that <laughs> no <laughs> you I know like he probably would want to like that's what i'm saying yeah I, I think that like yeah i think that a a bad agent would tell nick yeah you could you could do it right because they want the money <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like some of some of our more enjoyed roles that he's done recently have been like lower key. Yeah, yeah, like Pig was you know independent film and and he put a great performance in and yeah, it was it was an awesome. Like movie. he can be a serious actor. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. Why I, award. I really thought he was going to go in this like weird niche role because like. I remember watching like the color of space and like Mandy oh, yeah. and like Willie's Wonderland and like loving the like because I watch a lot of horror movies and like loving these movies and being like this is his future he's just gonna be a weird guy in these like like weird off horror movies that have like weird lighting and I'm gonna love it and that's that wasn't the case I was just disappointed. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, there was that period there where he was in those three or so or maybe even more movies where you're absolutely right. They were awesome movies and, and he was great in them. And I could definitely see him doing more of that. But I think he's probably transitioning into bigger budget films at this point. Although I think everything that's in post-production right now is not it's really independent. It's independent. But I would imagine that after, you know, Unbearable Weight and Renfield, he's going to start being in, in bigger budget stuff. But before we all talk about Renfield, I want to—do you guys have anything planned that's not Nicolas Cage themed? Like podcast-wise, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like yeah, like because like he's not pumping out like I mean like you, you got through the bulk one hundred and whatever movies yeah. five, five. five yes, thank you. Yeah, so like you, you, you know, like with, with the, the added free time. Yeah, so people have asked us like if we're going to do a podcast doing the same thing, but with a different actor. And I think one of the things that we learned from this podcast is that we would absolutely never do this again (laughs) with a different actor. Um, You you know, one of the things that we did toss around, it's, it's not, it's not, not Nicholas Cage theme, but one of the things that we're hoping to do in the future, and we'd love to have you guys on is we want to do like a through Nick and thin with friends where we just, bring a friend on and we talk about a random movie of their choosing. And we only do like, I don't know, five or 10 a year or something and call it, call it a season, season one, season two, season three, that kind of thing. So that's something we might do in the future, but otherwise, um, Oh, that would, that would actually be a lot, a lot of fun. That would be, that's, that's cool. Yeah. We'll see. It's, we're going to give it some time. We we need to keep Nick Cage at arm's length for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) This past nice we haven't we've done what like four podcasts or something but i mean yeah like in 2020 2021 we were doing a podcast every week and it just it's a lot yeah well especially when yeah. the world went down it gave us something to do every weekend but boy was that a lot on our you know mental states <laughs> also real quick do you, do you guys like like what um for podcasting purposes is it better to watch it in the theater like do you like the cinematic theater experience or like at home because like we go to the movies all the time yeah. um me enrique and julia we, we we go we went to see renfield we're seeing evil dead soon like oh, nice. we go to the movies like for for you guys um and nicholas cage like you know like, what's it like one let's, uh, also what's it like seeing him on the big screen <laughs> Yeah, so we've only done a few on the big screen, and that's mostly because we have only recently caught up to present day. I mean, for so long we were working on catching up, but we have two, I guess, like segments of our own podcast where we talk about behind the scenes from the movie, and then we go Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. And Steve takes notes during the movie, and I do the behind-the-scenes stuff. So it's, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I know that it's probably a lot easier to take notes when you're not, like, trying to be sneaky in a dark theater. Yeah. And you can just, like, do it in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, it's definitely, for podcasting purposes for me, it's definitely better to do it at home because I like to I like to handwrite things down. It helps me remember things, and, and you know, I have my own shorthand that I use. Yeah, so, you can pause and rewind. Go, go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, so the first movie that we went to go see in theaters, I think it was Unbearable Weight. I um, I brought that notebook with me, not thinking that like you can't see in a movie theater, Steve. <laughs> and so I'm just like trying to write down notes about what happened in each scene and like, you know, get the get the quotes so that I can try and impersonate them or pull them offline. Um, 
I do like going to the movies in general, but I think for podcasting purposes, it's better to just watch at home. So I really respect that you take a notebook to the theater because so do I. Yeah, I do. <laughs> nice, and yeah. when for podcast, I mean, I do it for the podcast and for the people. Um, <laughs> but really, I do it because I forget. Like, I'll, I'll walk out of a movie literally for the, the episode – uh, we just po- I just posted an episode of our first interview and we were I was describing our first like time that we that we went to the movies and Pat and Julia were like nah man we went like a whole year after that so like I literally forget as soon as I walk out the movie I forgot that we went so I take a notebook with me and yeah, awesome. during we so during Oscar season we try to knock out all the Oscar movies we can see and then we do the shorts we do live action and then we do the the animated shorts nice and I took a notebook for both of them and in the pitch black I did the same thing I said why the fuck do I have a notebook if I can't <laughs> the movie theater yeah I yeah I'm not gonna lie I was taking notes the other day when I saw the Pope's Exorcist mm. and you know I'm pretty good at like handwriting things so like the writing itself isn't a problem, but some of my words did like overlap because I couldn't yeah. see where I was writing. Yeah. I, I, wrote, I wrote down some notes and the, and since Pat, like Pat says things and I'm kind of, I'll admit I'm kind of gullible. So I just, I take it for what it is <laughs> and like, I'll write down notes and then I don't, you know, I'm not going to discuss my notes. I just like, oh, okay, whatever. I have notes. And when we would do it, I'll read my notes and everyone's like, nah, it didn't really happen. <laughs> Wait, and we can, like, we need an example of an instance where this has happened oh yeah okay so during the i'll give you actually i'll give you a perfect example during the animated shorts we went to go see one there was what, a, a guy, movie what a guy cried in there they, he did it was during really? the worst one too so that wasn't really <laughs> i it, i there just, was, I, I lost so much respect for this guy that i've never met and never seen before <laughs> There was a there was an animated short, uh, the boy the wolf the boy the mole the wolf the or no the fox the boy the mole the fox the horse right yeah so during that but besides the fact that it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I'm writing down notes and then at some point Pat turns to us and says oh yeah a little boy wrote this like this is from oh, like, yeah I believed it too though yeah this <laughs> apple. <laughs> Apple directed it and they had like Idris Elba and some other people who were just trying to, you know, uh, just cash in on a big check and <laughs> a small big the, check. The story, the, the story itself, I, I, I believe Pat, Pat said, no, a little kid wrote this. And I'm like, but okay. Like, also, it made sense because the dialogue didn't make sense. It didn't yeah. flow at all. Like the plot um, made no sense. And Pat's so deadpan, he was like, yeah, by the way, a kid wrote this. And I was like, that that's why it's awful. In my notebook, and I lie to you not, in my notebook, and then I even said it on a podcast, and I feel so stupid. <laughs> I, I said, oh, yeah, a kid wrote it. And in my notebook, I put, oh, dot, 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 a kid wrote this. That's, <laughs> that's Pat being a liar. Like, I, like I'm writing my <laughs> no, notes. But like, it was supposed to be a joke, like... It was like a kid wrote it. Um, right, but you, you need to talk to me the, like a kid. The way though. you phrased it, <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. You were like, you were like, by the way, a kid wrote this. You didn't say, 
oh, it's like a kid wrote it. <laughs> like, yeah. A child wrote this. And the thing is, Pat's a Pat is a Googler. Googler? Pat likes to Google. Th- I try, I, he brings the facts. Yeah. No, he just brings <laughs> things. They're not always facts. And But he Googles things. So I just assume, okay, cool. Well, all right. Take, that's good. Maybe he Googled it real quick. I don't know. And, and I don't take my phone out of the movies. And I, but I sat there and, and in my notes, it's like, okay, this happened, that happened, that happened. Pat said that right before I flipped the page, I put, oh, dot, 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 a kid wrote it makes sense. That was my note. <laughs> And I read my notes. I read my notes on here. And Pat's like, wait, did a kid really write that? I was like, you told me that. He's like, oh, I just said that. He's like, I just made that up. What do you mean? Yeah, so. I was having a good time. I go to the movies to have a good time. I like it. Just you, though. It's a lie to us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 one example where I guess taking your notebook to the theater goes wrong. So actually my mom, I haven't used it yet, but my mom gave me these pens that like light up and she's like, here, you can take this to the movies with you. Yeah, when you so take it. That's so home. nice. I mean, I don't know. I, that feels distracting as a fellow. Um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I haven't, really, your phone, uh, dark yeah, I haven't tried them. So I don't know like how bright they are, if it'll disturb people. Mm. But Don't worry. I'll say something. So I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I I truly respect that you take a notebook to the theater and write in the dark, even though it's probably the stupidest idea you can have. Because I do the same thing, and then halfway through I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? This makes no sense. So I respect that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean I do what I can. I try. You know, <laughs> man the 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 whole third like it felt like a kid wrote it, and you know what. <laughs> I stand it by really it. Did. And until, uh, I guess until, I guess until Pat, like, I don't know. Gets a, I guess until Pat says it, I just, I'm just going to believe, I just believe most of the things that he says. I just assume like, okay, well, Pat reads books. So I'm just assuming he knows things. <laughs> and that's usually not the case. He usually just makes stuff up. It's like 75, like 25. I bring a lot of facts, but I also sprinkle in some fun. I guess. Reading books is a good thing. We're tying that in. Speaking of books, Dracula's a book. We all saw Renfield. Um, what's, what's everyone's general thoughts on it? Um, I honestly really enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I, I recognize that it's probably not the best movie ever made, but but I had a really fun time with it. It's like you know, we're talking about reasons to go to the movies. You go to the movies to have fun, and I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I I very much enjoyed it, and, and Ben Schwartz was so good in it. I love Ben Schwartz. I, I thought that he was, like, the, the big standout. Aside from Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it. I had, I mean, I love weird B-horror movies. I love Nick Cage. I love Over the Top, and, like, this delivered for me on so many levels. And for some reason, I forget who I thought Ben Schwartz was. I, I, I thought it was someone else. It took me a while to realize that was Ben Schwartz. But oh, he yeah. also was great. So, I mean, I I loved it. I, I was, I'm not going to say I'm surprised because I saw the ads and I was like, oh, this is a movie made for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my question, 
I, I, I love the movie uh, myself, too. My question is, and it's not even really, yeah, it is a question, I guess. <laughs> I, when, when, I, when I was watching it, there was parts in the movie that made me think, holy shit, man, he, Nick Cage is playing a pretty fucking scary Dracula. And I don't know, did, is it just because I'm, is it because like I'm just afraid of everything that I was just like, oh, oh you know, Nicolas Cage is actually acting? Like, is it just me or, or was was he actually pretty scary as Dracula? Yeah, I mean, I think he balanced it really well, right? I think there were definitely some moments where you were like, all right, that's just Nick Cage being goofy. But he was certainly scary at some points. Hannah pulled up this crazy story about Nick Cage's teeth uh, in the oh. The scenes information uh, that we did on our last podcast. Yeah, just do you guys have any thoughts on? I mean, I think one of the things that made him extra scary was the shark teeth they gave him. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was that's what I. So I I noticed first of all, I noticed I'm like, holy shit, he's got a lot of fucking teeth in his mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, and I just kept watching. So his the the, the teeth themselves. I think we're contributing in me looking at him and saying, oh, wow, he's actually, you know, he's actually pretty scary mm-hmm. as Dracula. You know, I, I just, ex- I went into the movie thinking, I knew I was going to like it. I was actually look really looking forward to it. I went into the movie thinking I was going to chuckle, but I actually laughed. I, and, and I was not thrown off. I really thought he was going to be like over the top and goofy. Yeah. And he was just Dracula. He really was. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I thought I, I completely agree. I thought there were some really funny visual gags. Like when he's revealing his plan for world domination and at the center it says Dracula. And then there's a post-it that says, and Redfield. Uh, <laughs> yeah. really I love that. And like we were saying, Ben Schwartz was, you know, hilarious and, and um, I, the whole scene in, in uh, Renfield's apartment um, between Renfield and, and Dracula, that was such a funny scene. We were dying laughing. Yeah, I agree. I, I That was the one. I mean, there's a lot about it, and I, I won't blabber about it because I, I, I loved it a lot. I thought it was, like, really funny, really great. I just – the one thing that I did take out of it besides, like, I, I, th- I think Aquafina's hilarious, and I know that's probably a hot take, but – um, I just, I don't know. I, when, when she first, when I first heard of her, I was like, ew, what the fuck is this? Right. Cause like, I think it was like, I don't know what movie it was or show it was. And it just was really stupid. But when I actually started watching stuff with her, I was like, oh wow, she's actually really fucking funny. And then I thought she wasn't overly comedic where sometimes, you know, you get that and it's just like, oh, you're throwing this off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly, you know, I truly felt the movie was balanced. The one thing that I took from this was, God damn, Nick Cage as Dracula was like, eh, it was pretty creepy, man. Like if I had kids, I probably wouldn't take them to see that. Besides the blood, I mean, they'll be fine right. with that. I wouldn't take them to see Nick Cage as Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, you know, I mean, I don't watch as much horror movies as you guys, but he's up there for me as like, what I what I will think of from now on when I think of like movie Dracula's like Nick Cage is just gonna like he nailed it you know with with that yeah movie. in a couple interviews with him the like the question came up to like you know posed to him if he feels as though his Dracula 
like lives up to the hype of other Draculas. And he said that like, he thinks that he would sit well at like a dinner table with the other Draculas. Like they all, <laughs> like they all, you know, I, they, they I agree with that. And I, I agree with that too. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. I, I, I think I, like there were moments that he seemed like, I don't know if he was like playing homage to like Bella Lugosi, but he was like nuanced in, in, in like the way he spoke. And I loved like the way it was shot. So like, I felt like, it, it, you know, like, Oh, it was like paying respect to like a Bella Lugosi, but without like trying to overdo it. So I thought he tackled the, the Dracula role so well. Um, yeah. And that like him being a very, like him being very serious at times and, Aquafina not being like over the top funny made it extra funny because like everything else was just around it was ridiculous and silly. Yep. Yeah, I feel like you could have taken his Dracula and like transplanted it into a non comedic, like serious Dracula movie. Mm. And it would ha- like require very little change on his part, like very, very slight minor tweaks to the character. And it could have been like a completely serious, terrifying Dracula. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Good for Nick. <laughs> yeah. He, I feel like he's a... He probably... You know, he watches old movies. He, oh, he yeah. probably has seen watched, some yeah. old Dracula's. Oh, yeah. he in, in preparation, he watched every... I guess, like, de- every cinematic depiction and literary depiction of Dracula. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear about the teeth? or Yes. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> All right, so they're 3D printed, which is not typical for uh, dentures in, in movies. They're usually made like regular dentures, but they, they used a 3D printer for this. And because of that, it's like a different process where it would sit very like thin on your tooth. So it could protrude out, I think, a bit more than like a denture would where it is like fitted and contoured to your tooth. So because of that, I guess Nick could have just put them in his mouth, but he felt like that would be too distracting for the audience. So he elected to have his own teeth shaved down so that he could fit these teeth better on in his mouth. I think I did hear about that. <laughs> that is insane. It's wild, right? He had oral Ooh. surgery for this movie. Yeah, like, I don't care yeah. how rich you are don't mess with your teeth like that. I mean, I know you can just buy new ones cause you're Nick Cage, but still. Yeah. That's insane. I, I would never go that far. Ugh. Like I'd dye my hair for a roll or I don't know, like other body modifications. I would never shave my teeth down though. No, that's freaky. Yeah. Wow. Um, good for him for making that decision. I'm sure no one told him to do it. No, no, no. no. They, they rarely do. Yeah. When he commits yeah. things like this. They actually told him not to. They probably tried to stop him and were like, please, please don't. He's just got a nail file on his teeth. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm at the dentist right now. They're doing it. And they're like, please. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, Nick, seriously, don't do this. <laughs> it's taking the Daniel Craig approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was, um, so like our, our the, we saw it on Tuesday and and the the theater was like pretty full for we saw a, like a, late, a real late showing a nine thirty showing on a Tuesday and it was 
pretty full, and I feel like the crowd laughed a lot and was like very receptive to it. Um, how was how was your crowd in, in the theater? We saw it on a Friday night. On opening night. Uh, yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, opening night, Friday night at like 7 o'clock. And there was very few people in the theater. It was also like, I don't know, this past weekend where we're located, it's it was really nice weather for kind of like the first weekend this season. Yeah. So maybe that was part of it, but... And yeah. also, we realized that it was the second weekend of the Super Mario Brothers movie premiering. Oh, yeah. So most of the crowds that appeared to be going at the 7 p.m. like movie showings yeah. that were at this at the movie at the same time were probably going to the Super Mario movie. Which yeah. I, yeah. I think that also played into like, yeah, I think a lot a lot of the movie going around, like since we go on discount Tuesday, I think a lot of people were like, oh, we're going to wait for uh, the discount day and go. Uh, and, um, that makes sense. Yeah, no, which like, I mean, glad people saw it. It's, it's always nice to be in the theater with, like, some people because um, sometimes, you know, you're in a theater and it's, like, dead empty. Yeah, we've been there several times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also, we saw Super Mario. I think I thought it was a lot of fun. Recommend it. If you want a treat, they're, they're playing it in 4D at King of Prussia. Ah. Where you can smell the Mario universe. Whoa. Did <laughs> the seats move, too? Yes. I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I would get nauseous, I think. I think they don't they don't move, right? They just kind of vibrate at certain points. Is I, right? I, oh, I don't know. Pat's, Pat claims that they do I've read an article. Okay. <laughs> I read an article and they're like, you're going to you're going they're going to shoot you with water. You're going to smell things. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like um, to try that at some point. It's very immer- yeah. uh, it's more of an immersive experience than I'm prepared for, I think. Yeah, I, I do. I do recommend that, like whether it's streaming or not. It for it was just a lot of fun. I thought Mario. Was that him passing by in the background? Yes, that was the uh, Mario Racer uh, portion of the movie. Just <laughs> <laughs> that was Rainbow Row. Yeah, <laughs> road. Road. That's all I got for today. If anyone else has anything. I do. I do want to say I, I. I appreciate the craft. Mm, is the craft no? Sorry, I, I've had a long uh, three days. Not the craft. I appreciate the effort and all of the hard work that you guys put into the craft. <laughs> um, is that the sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> that, that basically like. What you guys do, like all the research you guys do to put into, I mean, 105 movies, You, I see a lot of movies. Julia sees more, and then Pat sees triple what both <laughs> of us see. And even then, I don't know if any of us can sit and watch 105 movies of the same person. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we watch, we watch hundreds of movies. But it's different movies, you know. Sometimes yeah. I'll put a movie I've seen, like I've I've seen Point Break at least a hundred times, <laughs> but that's throughout my life, right? <laughs> right. You know, so the the fact that you guys put and then I, I mean, you guys have lives. You guys have there's so many things that like come into play, and the time and dedication you guys put into actually <laughs> sitting down for a whole Nick Cage movie, knowing that. This might suck. Oh yeah, and then taking it serious, writing notes, and 
coming up with an episode which you could just be like, ah, oh, this movie sucked. Uh, there's really nothing else to talk about. But the, the fact that you, you, you have 105 episodes of, well, you said 105 episodes, right? Yeah, 105 regular episodes, and then we did about three or four bonus episodes. Yeah, we did a couple March Madness episodes, actually. Yeah, we like ranked the movies in March Madness brackets, and then we we all of our episodes are on his movies. So we did a bonus episode for uh, when he did the history of swear words. And oh then, yeah, I forgot about that. And then there was another one or two that we did along the way. So it's probably closer to 110 episodes. That truly is really impressive. That. For whatever reason, you guys decided to choose uh, Nick Cage. I've so Pat has told me about you guys many times. Now I've also know, met them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've also met you guys too. Sorry. Um, again, it's been it's it's been a very very it's I've been at work for about like thirty hours the past two days. Oh God. Anyways, yeah. I I I but I do appreciate like all the effort you guys put into. I don't know if Pat – so Pat claims he loves Nicolas Cage. I don't know if this was before or after your podcast. He claims it was before. I don't know how true before, that is. Look, when when I saw my love for Nicolas Cage started, when I um, when I saw the World War II movie about the, the Navajo Windcalkers, I, I don't know. I was like a 12-year-old, and I was like, oh, this movie's great. And then there was – like Weatherman came out like recently, like not too long after that. And I was like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And then, <laughs> and then my dad was like, my dad for some reason really liked, um, I think it was the one where you're like, he like see in the future for like two minutes or something. Next. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I still agree to disagree, but <laughs> I, I, I know I know Pat raves about it, and anytime there's a Nick Cage movie, and I've sat down and watched movies that he has heard on on the, on your podcast. Like we'll sit down um, and we'll pay the ghost. Yeah, pay the ghost. It was on. It was on Shutter, and I was like, "Oh God, we're doing this." Yeah, and regardless, and and I knew I was like, "Oh God, this is probably gonna suck," but. Like, I don't it wasn't care. that bad. Well, that was not that bad. I had a good I time. I didn't say it sucked. I, I said, when I went into it, I thought, oh, this is going to suck. And he was, like, looking for his mis- missing child or something. I don't know. Like, and then there yeah. was, like, a, yeah. Yeah, Ghost took his daughter to the underworld or something. <laughs> and yeah. And he's, like, freaking out. Like, instead of paying the ghost, he's, like, freaking out. And it's just... <laughs> I, I but the thing is I I knew because I knew because the research was done and it was recommended that okay cool I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch this movie not thinking oh god what am I getting into I was gonna watch it as let me see this movie so yeah I just rambled on for about like three minutes but I just want to say I do appreciate all the effort you guys put into that that's it's really impressive. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> that was very nice. I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys can focus on one thing for that long, but it is super impressive. Yeah. If I had a, if I had some sort of like clap button, like you, like, <laughs> like a pause button, I, I would push it right now. But I, I do think it's like super impressive that you guys 
<laughs> that you guys can even focus on Nicolas Cage for that long. Yeah. We're, we're really like on the other side of it at this point. Oh, Since yeah. we're, we're caught up, I mean, we're only doing, you know, anytime he releases a movie, we're doing a podcast now. Like there was just, you know, two years of our lives where we were in it and it we felt it like for, for sure. Like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, but you fought the good fight, you know. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It was a yeah. fight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> also, I do remember. I think you didn't. You guys do a trailer for National Treasure. Oh my yes. god, we wanted to do something big for National Treasure because we knew that was the movie that everybody knew. So yeah, instead of doing a regular episode, we did a commentary on the movie so you can play the movie and listen to us talking over it. And then the other thing we did is we recreated the trailer shot for shot with just like the cheapest props. And it was like peak COVID, so we couldn't really leave our house. And um, it's really well done. It's on our Instagram. We're at Through Nick and Thin. Cool. And, um, so that's my favorite thing yeah, yeah. For the podcast. Yeah. I So I do, before we end this, I want to put you guys on the spot really quick. Do it. <laughs> if you could recommend to us one Nicolas Cage movie to watch, what mm. would it be? One to watch. For what kind, what kind of experience do you want to have? Yeah. <laughs> I guess... Like a quintessential Nick Cage experience, or is this like something unexpected? Personally, I wanted to change my life, but I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm open for anything. Yeah, I mean, I guess quintessential just so, Mandy. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a good one. I mean, like if it's a quintessential Nick Cage movie and you haven't seen it, the answer is National Treasure. But I think everybody's seen National Treasure. So, Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I think it's either Vampire's Kiss or, or Hannah brought up Mandy. You know, I think Pat mentioned it a second ago. I think Pat's seen it. But Mandy's just a wild movie. So I'll, I'll let you guys know. Hopefully we can go this year. Um, Mahoning Drive-In does Cage Match where <laughs> you can – one, it, it's a drive-in theater that you can camp out in and – Last year, Cage Match had Mandy and a bunch of other movies, and they played on the drive-in, and they had a Mandy cover band where they were all dressed up like Nick Cage's character, and they have like weird Nick Cage events throughout the night. It is a strange place, but a lot of fun, and um, like I'm going up there uh, in a couple of weeks for for Zombie Fest. <laughs> nice. um, Guys, I might. Yeah, uh, yeah. We can record another episode while we're there. Yeah, I I, I felt bad. I um I got a poster of the cage match where it was like a bunch of different Nick Cage characters fighting, and um I was gonna give it to you guys as a way. Uh, no, it was not as a way. This was but it was in my car that got totaled. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> so the 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 glorious poster is has been lost. Oh. That's okay. We'll go to the next cage match together. There you go. Yeah. I'll let you guys know when that comes up. What movie are you guys watching next? I think Evil Dead is tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. In honor of yeah. Julia's birthday, we're, we're going to go. Ooh. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm probably going to watch Evil Dead, the, the original tonight. Or, yeah, I'm going to watch that tonight. Nice. I feel really bad because Julia's birthday is today, and I made her work the whole day. Oh no! 
working is regular. I'm also an adult and I've never called out on my birthday because I'm an adult. And I feel like that's low key cringe unless you have like a planned trip. (laughs) I'm with you. I have some coworkers who do it. And I mean, I work on my birthday too. So it's kind of like, that's the other thing is like, you're, you're messed up. (laughs) I feel like you need to do some, the thing is, I feel like you need to start thinking about if it was you. (laughs) Yes. Um, because I I told you earlier today it's just regular like it's no one cares it's my birthday I'm an adult and you're like no but it's your birthday and it's like I said it if, one time but what if it was your birthday what I, if it was your birthday I got sushi on my birthday a couple years ago couple that's years. a normal thing to do yeah I got um we went we went wait what did we go to Mahoning for your birthday this year no we we went to Mahoning the weekend before my birthday. Right, but that same day, my dog died. So it was like, oh no! <laughs> it was the worst fucking birthday I've had in a long time. Oh no! I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, um, and then, like, that was really sad. The Wednesday that my birthday actually landed on, I had to go pick up like the ashes. It was like the worst fucking weekend. Oh my god! I, like right after, right? Not to be a buzzkill, but like right after it happened. Pat and I went straight to an escape room. <laughs> we solved an escape room. Well, at least you solved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that was... Now I feel really bad that we're doing an escape room for my birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, it's all right. I usually buy all this stuff up, so don't worry, guys. <laughs> yeah. I was about to just promo Tales or the Tim's pop-up this weekend, but it's no, no point. Um, I mean, like, we'll, we'll have the probably the episode up after that. Yeah, but if you guys are interested, there is a pretty cool thing going on. Uh, Philip um, Mocha. T- Tim Nugent from high school. I he, he was on. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was on he was our get our first guest, and his episode just went up. He runs, uh, I think, called Tales or uh, Tapes from the Crypt. He kind of does this like weird like merchandise for um like obscure movies oh okay and, and um he was like gonna recreate a immersive vhs like store experience and it's gonna have a lot of like movie like a lot of toy makers and artists selling like weird things from movies it's at Filmoka this weekend i'm gonna go sunday stop in and say hi sweet yeah sounds yeah. great yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for um, having us, guys. Yeah. 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 Thanks for being on. Anytime. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. 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 And anytime you guys want to uh, do this again, you know, yeah, feel free to let us know. Cage movie you guys want to see? We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Whenever he drops a new movie. The, the thing is, too, we can always together watch. Like, well, maybe not together, but like when we like on a week. We can pick a movie, watch it, and then we can talk to you guys about it. I love. Listen, I love my the first movie. I, I talk a lot, so the the first movie I remember watching was Con Air, and then I think it was like Face Off. Those my is the classic, like right, right. But like the first movie I saw, I I, I want to say the first movie I saw with Nick Cage was Con Air, and I I love that movie so much as a kid. That I did not like, like National Treasure, because I'm like, oh nah, man, you done went mainstream, which 
I don't know. What you know. <laughs> I, I just I just thought that like Con Air was like the role for him, and I also got that confused with the movie uh, Flight of the Phoenix. I always get those two confused. Is he even in that? Role. No, 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 no. He wasn't in it, but I wish, I wish he, if he were in it, it would have been a lot better. You know, we should, it's we like, should, we should do um, the next uh, Knives Out movie. <laughs> Just yeah. rip on his accent the whole time. Yeah, I, what if I'm he with did that. It? I could see that. Oh yeah. Just imagine Nick Cage's Con Air accent. Next day. This, what, what was his, yeah. What was his name in, in Con Air? It was like. Um, Oh man! Oh, it was like it was something goofy. I don't know. I, I forget his name. I'm, I'm gonna remember as soon as this is all over. But Im- imagine his character in Knives Edward Out. Poe. 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 That's right. Poe. Imagine that character in the next Knives Out movie with Daniel Love Craig. It. Love it. Yeah. Well, let's, until then, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's work on making that happen for next time. Yeah. Send it to the mail. I'm in. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Great talking yeah. to you. Thank you. Yeah. See you soon. Bye. See you soon. Bye. See you. Yeah, see you next weekend, Pat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll see you next weekend. Can't wait. I'm excited. See you. Bye. I have to get my um my soup. Your soup? Soup. What are you hungry? Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, um, no, yeah, they're they're doing um, uh, yeah, they're getting married next week. Oh, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, it sh- should be a fun wedding though. I can't wait. All right, so do we discuss Dracula's? I could not find anything on real or not real um vampires in New Jersey outside of like modern day vampires, like just regular goth people coming and drinking blood. That's a bummer. I have a comic book that's about vampires yeah. in New Jersey. Yeah, that one I came up to, too. I used to have an account on vampirefreaks.com. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, that counts. I feel like it's disrespectful to call them freaks. It was pretty popping back in the day. I mean, it's pretty legit. Yeah, I... I I I tried, but like there's some some little stories on um, vampires in in PA. One one is the I couldn't find much on the one, so I didn't include it. It always came up with so like a lot of like in New England had the biggest vampire scare in the country, and they they had like they were pulling up bodies left and right, making sure that they weren't vampires. This was in, in from the late 1700s to late 1800s, but um, there was a group of uh, Hungarian miners um, that believed that they were uh, being a, they were being like attacked by a vampire at night. They thought that the their old boss was a vampire, That's and they were like, "This guy, <laughs> this guy's dead, and he's still sucking the life out of us. Like he's draining our life force. This is terrible." They hated it. One day they had enough of this. They had like no real evidence other than they really disliked their boss. What's their evidence? Why did they think that? They said he was just like a very strange guy. Um, They didn't like him. And they believed that. 
They're like, I've never seen or heard or have any evidence of it, but I think this guy is coming in my room at night. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they all thought this. They didn't live together. So they thought, like, they were like, do you think a guy is coming into your room, sitting on your chest and sucking the blood out of you? And everyone was like, yeah. That's the thing. They didn't all think it. One guy said it, and they were all like, yeah, yeah, me too. But I thought one guy just had tuberculosis really bad. Um, So here's the funny thing, Pat. Yeah, I love that you put a minor with some suffering from consumption. Yeah, that's I the uh, that's the technical term for the error. I I love the word consumption. I always thought it was like a religious thing. Like I thought consumption was like when you eat the body of Jesus, and then somebody that's was like, "Nah, man, that just means you got TB." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, "Oh shit, just say TB then." You just got good old TB. He, he was just suffering from consumption. Apparently, they all weren't doing good, these minors. They also had terrible working conditions that were incredibly unhealthy. They 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 got a group together. They dug up his body. And, and the, the test was you dig up the body and you rip out the heart. And if the heart still has fresh blood in it. And this was like a few weeks after he died. So there shouldn't have been like fresh blood in it. But if he had fresh blood in it. That he was a vampire, and you have to burn that heart. So that these they rip this guy rips out his heart, and they said that there was like fresh blood in there. He was a vampire, so like this guy thinks he's a hero, but um, really he just got arrested um, for digging up a grave and robbing it and desecration of a corpse, and then he died of TB not too long after. So Julia said it from across the room. What can what? What, 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 the how do you word? know it's fresh blood? Oh, yeah. How do you determine it's fresh blood? I don't, they did not say that. There is a specialist, like um, one of the professors at, I think, Lehigh University, who like specializes in like folklore of middle of Pennsylvania. And like he was, he's done talks on all these cases. He's like, these like, like the three vampire cases. I, I was going to email him and, and ask him that. Like, you should, man. Yeah. Um, tell, them, I tell them that you, you are just interested in this and tell them that at night, sometimes you, you feel think like, tell them that sometimes at night, like you can't sleep and it just feels like someone's sitting on your chest, sucking the life force out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. So like, it's like, yeah, like Julia's right. One person probably said, guys, I think someone's coming in and I sit on my chest and like sucking the life force out of me. And everyone's like, yeah, me too. Gotta uh, be you think it's our, yeah, you think it's our old boss? <laughs> you think it's that old fuck that used to work here? God, we yeah. hated Gary. Yeah, man. Fucking Gary sucking the life force out of me, that fucking vampire. And then yeah. HR probably heard and said, oh, we have a vampire problem, guys. Got to get on top of it now. Yeah. The uh, Hooded Grave Cemetery, it, it's like, I saw, I looked up like photos of this and there's, there's a lot of tours on YouTube of people walking through it. It's in Katowice, which is pretty far away from us. So, like, no chance in hell I'm going here because it's literally, like, a plot of field. Like a, It's a, probably about as big as the parking lot at, at uh, Building Bridges. And um, there's, like, ten graves in there. And uh, a few of them have these, like, wrought iron... Um, cages over top and right. it was believed to be housed because like 
you know, it's believed to be holding vampires because, you know, like vampires apparently got out from the grave. But also a lot of people disprove that, this myth, um, saying that it's just either decorative or to keep it was to keep animals away from like digging in and eating a fresh corpse. It's, it's, it's interesting because 1893, I, I see it in a note you put down that in 1893 was when this like vampire scare happened. You yeah. Got the Hungarian miners and this, this and that. And it's interesting because I feel like around that time, vampires were kind of making a comeback. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about comeback, but like, in the States, it was. In the States, people were, were afraid. They dug up, like I said, like hundreds of bodies to check and make sure. That comes from Germany. Um, that was a German thing. The Germans were, like, really afraid of vampires. They should be. And, and like, you know, in England, too, they had, like, vampire kits. And I think in uh, one of the museums in Philadelphia, they have an authentic vampire kit. But, you know, there was never any real hard evidence, at least in... In Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware, and New York of, like, vampires. Whereas, like, in, in New England, some people claim to have, like, bite marks and other things. Like, so, like, some That's of that was, like, it was, no, it was, like, really interesting to, like, kind of, like, look into and dig up. I, I, I found it actually just, like, really fascinating. Also, the Hooded Cemetery seemed really fascinating. If it was closer, I would be all down for a trip there because it just looked, like, very tiny and creepy. But no no shot in hell now. So let's do this. Let's look into some of this. I mean, not go up there, obviously, but let's look into some of this stuff because I, I, I didn't have a chance to really do anything. But yeah, I, no, I'm, I, I'm down to, like, look up more, and we I'm can saying, do... Like, I want to investigate, like, vampires. Yeah, no, like, I think this stuff is pretty interesting, and, like, I'm going to keep digging and find, I mean, like, if there's anything in New Jersey, Delaware, even New York, just, like, weird little vampire stories. Everything in New Jersey is, like, like I said, like, that I found was, like, current. There's, like, a, a old website I had... And really, it was just like a vampire's guide to living in New Jersey. And it was like, well, here's where we shop. And it's like Hot Topic, Cherry Hill Mall. Here's <laughs> Here are the bands that we listen to. And it was all like post-punk bands from the early 2000s. Well, let's, let's yeah, let's do some research, man, and see what. Yeah. And with that being said, I'm going to start right. cleaning up so we can get home. Cool. All right, Pat. Yep. All right. See ya.